Today's reading is Luke 15, verses 11 to 32. Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth and wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to eat to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare, and here I am, starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father, and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the elder son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The eldest brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But when he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you killed the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Thanks, Meg, very much for reading. And uh, can I have my welcome to Claire's? Uh, it's wonderful to see you all this lunchtime. Uh, and uh, welcome back if you were here last week because last week we started looking at this parable and um, I said perhaps it's his best known one. But I also wondered out loud last week whether it's also his, his least well understood of all Jesus' parables. Because it's commonly known as the parable of the prodigal son. But actually, I think this is a mis- misnomer because it's actually a parable about two lost sons. And both these sons are lost from their father but in different ways. And actually, I think we see that it's the father who has this, the truly prodigal uh, character in this parable because the father loves these two sons in this recklessly extravagant, prodigal way. So the two sons represent two different ways that we can be lost from God. And the father represents God and his amazing prodigal love uh, for us. And last week we looked at that we focused on the younger son. He's the classic rebel. He demands to be free from his father so he can go off and achieve freedom and fulfillment without any of the, uh, of the uh, constraints 
and to find fulfilment in material pleasures. And in, in a way, he sort of represents the classic, secular, liberal, progressive person of our age who would say that God and religion are uh, unhealthy constraints and we can find true freedom and true fulfilment when we live for ourselves and enjoy the material pleasures of this one life that we've got to the full. However, we saw with the younger son that this dream that he has soon turns into a nightmare and he realises that this freedom and fulfilment that he was looking for actually turned out to be a bit of a mirage. And he, and he comes to his senses and uh, realises that that, that that freedom and fulfilment that he was looking for was actually found back at home uh, with his father. And then, much to our, our, our shock, the younger son gets welcomed back by the father with open arms, kisses, uh, rejoicing and partying. Even though the younger son doesn't deserve it at all, he's welcomed back because of this recklessly extravagant prodigal uh, grace of the father. And this is where many people stop with this parable um, and think, great, and they sort of they, they think these, these last few verses that we're going to focus on this week, verses 25 to 32, are a bit of a sort of uh, just a, an addendum at the end of the parable. But, but, but I think that actually the even greater shock of this parable comes in these final few verses because we see that the elder son who on the surface has been doing everything right is also lost from his father but in a different way so we're just going to focus for a few moments now on the on this elder son in those final few verses 25 to 32 so let's pick up we'll pick up the story in verse 25 the elder son is out in is out in the field and when he nears the house he hears music and uh, and dancing you can picture the scene. The sound system is turned all the way up to 11. Gary, that's a reference, by the way, for you, for your benefit, to Spinal Tap, <laughs> uh, just in case uh, anyone else doesn't know that particular film from the 1980s. Um, in essence, there's a huge party going on, and uh, the, the older son is wondering what's going on. Uh, and he hears in verse 27 that his younger brother has returned, and the father is throwing this massive party for the whole community. That's the only reason you would sort of get, get the fattened calf together was, would be for like a, a huge party for the whole community to be, to be involved. Now I don't, I don't know about you but when I've heard this parable over, over the years I've always had a certain amount of sympathy for the older son at this point because on, on the surface of things it does look like he's done everything right. He's, you know, he's stayed at home and he's worked hard whereas his, his younger brother's He's obviously done the wrong thing. He's blatantly rejected his father, and then he's gone and spent a third of the family estate, uh, wasted all those hard-earned resources. And then he comes back and has a party thrown for him. I mean, it's not fair, is it, on a sort of superficial room? Where's the justice uh, in what's going on here? However, I, I, I think when we take a closer look at what's going on here, we'll see that, that uh, the father has also treated the older son with great kindness but, but the elder son can't see this because of the way that he views his father let, let, me, let me try and show you what I mean so look, look, verse 27 when the, when the older son hears the report in verse 27 he could have gone in and uh, in theory you know, wholeheartedly joined in with the celebrations and welcomed back his long lost brother or uh, at, at least he, he could still have gone in and supported his father and and welcoming his younger uh, brother back, even if he had some private misgivings 
about how generous his father was being. But no, I mean, it's very clear his reaction is, is one of outright anger at his father and how wrong he thinks he's acting. So verse 28, he refuses to go in. And this is not a kind of quiet and humble attempt to listen to his father's thinking. It's a very public snub to his father because the whole community would have been there and he refuses to go in. In fact, he forces his father to come out uh, of the party to him. And when the father does come out in verse 29, the, the elder son, you see, addresses him with this word, look. And the, the Greek word here is much stronger. More literally translated, it would be basically, oi, you, listen to me. So you, do you see the elder son is not really relating to him as a father. He treats him more like a work boss who he totally loses his rag with. And even more revealing, I think, is the content then of what he says to his father in verse 29. Look, all these years I've been slaving for you, never disobeyed your orders, yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. He treats his father like someone who owes him. Do you know, it gets accentuated when he says, I've been slaving for you, I've never disobeyed your orders, but you never gave me anything in return for this. The elder son sees his relationship with his father as like a business relationship. There's not a hint of gratitude or, or love or respect here. Essentially, according to him, his father is a bad boss who hasn't given him what he deserves. The father is a means to an end uh, for the elder son to getting what he thinks he deserves from the family business. So you see, the younger son rejected his father in a really obvious way in order to get what he wanted. He wanted the father's things, as we saw last week. He didn't want the father himself. But the older son has also rejected the father to get what he wants. He's just been doing it in a different way. He's been biding his time and earning what he thinks he deserves. Both sons look at their father and they think they have the right to his things, but not but they don't want him. So they represent two different ways that we can be equally lost to God. We can be lost like that, that, like that younger son where we think life is all about self-discovery and fulfillment and, and getting away from those perceived constraints of God. But we can be lost to God also like the older son. I think he's a classic representative of, of moral conformity as a way to get what, what we want from God. And that kind of thinking goes a bit like this. If I, if I do the right things in life, if I try hard to live a good life, then actually God owes me his love and blessing because I've earned it. I've done well. And do you see that subtly this is, all, this is just the same way of thinking that we can use and control God to get what we want? So the, the younger son is lost to God in this kind of hot rebellious, obvious, um, um, wild living. But the older son is also lost too in a more of a kind of cool, self-righteous moralism. And if you instinctively sympathise with the older son in this parable, do you think that you might be treating God in this way yourself? Because it might be at a very subtle, unconscious level. Do you think that being right with God is all about earning his approval through your good works? And it's very understandable that we think like this because all of the world's religions teach it. And in, in, in everyday life, it's how things work. We, we earn things 
in order to get rewards. So it comes very automatically to us. However, it is not the teaching of Jesus. And that's the second thing I want us to notice from this older son episode, and that's the prodigal grace of God. Jesus teaches in this parable that the only way either lost son can enjoy the father's good things is through this reckless, extravagant, prodigal grace of the father. Because look at how the father treats the older son. He's actually just like he was with the younger son. He doesn't stay inside the house waiting to give his older son a dressing down for his deeply disrespectful um, behaviour. But actually, verse 28, he goes out to his son and pleads with him. And again, this would have been a very shaming thing to do in front of the community. Pleads with him to come in. He's full of grace for his son. And then, and then look what he says to him in verse 31. My son, so tender and intimate, you are always with me, and all that I have is yours. In other words, all that I have is yours already. You don't need to earn it. It's a gift. So there are, there are two great shocks in this parable. The first is the lost younger son is saved by this amazing grace of the father, despite his badness. But the second, perhaps greater shock, is that the lost older son is actually lost to the father, not because of his badness, but actually because of his goodness, in inverted commas. His pursuit of goodness is, is self-serving. He wants God to give him what he thinks he deserves, and that's what's keeping him out of this party of the father. And that's, this is a lesson we've got to learn from the elder son. That we mustn't be lost to God through a kind of cool, self-righteous moralism. The only way for the son to enter that party is to realise that it's a gift. The invitation is a gift. And have you, have you done the same with, with God? Have you realised that his... The only way into his party, the only way into heaven, the only way into God's forgiveness is to receive, to receive it as a gift. Or perhaps we've been Christians for a long time, but subtly we've kind of slipped into that way of thinking. Do we need to remember that the whole Christian life is about God's grace to us? The final thing I want us to notice is that this prodigal generosity of God does actually they come at a cost. Because it's not free to bring the younger son home, back into the family. Remember the father says to the elder son at the end, everything I have is yours. Well, actually, this was literally true in this setting. Once the younger son had gone, everything that the father uh, owned actually belonged to the elder brother. He was going to inherit it. Every robe ring and fatted calf was his, all the land. So when the young son comes back into the family, the older son will have to share all these assets with him again. And in the parable, he's, he's not willing to do that. But in reality, as we see in the Bible, we do actually have a true older brother. And it's Jesus Christ. And in reality, he doesn't have to go to just to some distant country to, 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 to get us home. He's actually come all the way from heaven to earth for us. He, he was stripped so that we could be clothed with 
the robes of God's righteousness and the ring of God's forgiveness. And again, he doesn't just give up the contents of his wallet for us, but actually gives his very life for us. He is the true elder brother of this parable. And all of us, whether we're younger brothers or older brothers, we all ignore and reject God. We all seek things, but not God himself. We all owe God a debt that we cannot pay. But Jesus Christ, our true elder brother, is the one who's, who's paid that debt for us. So if you're a younger brother, will you recognise today that there is nothing that you can do to earn your way back into God's forgiveness? Jesus Christ, your true older brother, has given everything for you. He's done everything necessary to bring you back into the Father's love. And if, on the other hand, you think you might be closer to being an elder brother, will you recognise that you can't earn God's favour? It is all a gift of grace. So stop trying to earn your way to God on your own terms. Lay down your deadly goodness at Jesus' feet because he's the one who's paid the price for your sins. Do you notice finally that the story actually ends on a bit of a cliffhanger? Because Jesus doesn't actually tell us what the elder son does after his conversation with the father. And actually, if we're an older son, it's for us to complete the story, I think, and, ex- and accept the Father's invitation to come into that eternal feast of celebration. So why don't we ask for God's help now to do that, that we might enter uh, into that party and, and complete the parable. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this, this wonderful story that uh, Jesus told and thank you that it just it sums up life so brilliantly of how we just see these different, different ways, the younger son way of finding fulfilment, the older son way of finding fulfilment. And we, we ask please that you would show us Um, where we're younger sons or show us where we're older sons show us our need for your forgiveness show us afresh here that your amazing prodigal grace that uh, Jesus Christ gave everything as our true older brother so that we can come into your party and we ask for your help that we might do that now In Jesus' name, amen.